needs a nursery. Now's a fine time to duck out. Nobody will judge you. So here is what the rest of the morning is going to look like. I'm going to share with you a short sermon. And when I told the worship team that this morning, they laughed at me. Because I've said this before, and I'm not very good at it. But I'm going to share with you a short sermon based on Mark chapter 6. Because we've been studying the book of Mark since the beginning of the year. We took a little break in between. But I want to talk with you. There's a fantastic account here of Jesus working with his disciples in Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 30. And there's a lot of stuff that you and I can learn about how to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Because what we're doing today and what we're working up to is we're going to have this baptism service. And these folks who are being baptized are already, they've, they've spoken with their mouths and they've believed in their heart that Jesus is Lord. So these people are saved, right? They've got new life and they are stepping out into a life of being disciples, and if any of you have been baptized as adults and you've said yes and, and you've received the Lord's salvation, you too are called to be a disciple. A disciple is one who follows after a teacher, and Jesus is our teacher. He is our guide. And so I just want to think about that a little bit with you today because it's not just these 11 folks being baptized today who need to be thinking about what this means. This is all of us. And if you're at a spot here today where you're still kind of figuring out this Jesus thing, you're not sure if church is really for you, you're just here because, you know, you love your nephew, or, or somebody, somebody kind of encouraged you and, and you responded, okay, I'm just going to invite you to think about what is written down here in Mark chapter 6 and see if this makes sense. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Okay, so Mark chapter 6, I'm starting in verse 30, and the way we're going to do this, I'm going to read a verse or two at a time, and then Delmore's going to try to guess when I'm going to pause before he goes on to the next screen, and I'm just going to share a couple thoughts and questions with you as we go through here. So Mark 6, starting verse 30, the apostles, now oftentimes apostles and disciples are talked about at the exact same time, they're not exactly the same. The apostles were the original 12 who were with Jesus that he called out at the beginning, they're also called the disciples, but really, disciples are just anybody who follows Jesus. So here, these apostles, these 12 men who were called specifically by Jesus 2,000 years ago, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Because if you go back and remember what was talked about last week and the week before, Jesus has been training these guys. And, and last week, Steve talked about how Jesus sent them out to do amazing things. He gave them his power. And so the apostles went out and they did that. And now they came back and they're reporting. It says in verse 31, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. This is a good reminder for us that God doesn't call his followers to be machines. You and I, if we're following Jesus, we're not just here to be producers, we're not just stuff factories. We're not just here to do things. We are called to be God's children, to be God's disciples. And that, that means that sometimes we rest. Sometimes we stop. Sometimes when things are just getting a little bit crazy, even if there's a lot of exciting stuff going on, sometimes we get away to a quiet place and get some rest, right? God doesn't call us to just push until we die. That whole thing, I'll rest when I die, that is not in the Bible. And it is not biblical. That's not what God built you for. God built us to be people 
who pace ourselves. God built us to be people with rest. Jesus, speaking to these apostles to whom he had just given his power, Jesus says, guys, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So what did they do? Verse 32. They went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. You know you're trying to get to a solitary place when you get in the boat. We're not even just going to walk there. They might follow us. Hop in the boat, boys. But apparently... Theirs was the kind of boat that did not easily slip away because it says in verse 33 that many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. That has to be a frustrating feeling. When you leave the shore thinking you're getting away and you arrive, I mean, when you're coming to the other shore, you can see all the people there. What are you going to do now? You turn around and go back. They're just going to go over there. Jesus and his apostles, they're stuck, aren't they? It says in verse 34 that When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. I don't know what it's like for you, but let me give you a glimpse into the life of a pastor. This is dangerous. And, And Steve probably never feels this way. Other pastors never feel this way, but this pastor does sometimes. Here is, here is what it sometimes looks like. Something needs to be done something at the church, for the church, with the church, with the people. And maybe it's a day off, or maybe it's an evening off, or maybe you're just kind of wiped out and you don't feel like seeing anybody anymore. You'd never feel that way, I'm sure. But that happened to me one time. It's interesting to me how Jesus dealt. Remember what he just said to his guys. He had a plan, right? Guys, come, let's get away. Let's rest. Let's relax. You're exhausted. You need a break. But he saw this large crowd, and like so many pastors I know, he said, okay, they're here, let's go. The the, the plan was changed. Are any of you parents of little ones? I remember when Bree was littler, it took me a while to get used to having a small person in my life that required a lot of time and energy and attention. Naps were gone. I mean, for the first couple months, Brie would take naps as a little baby, and there's pictures around our house with you know, a tiny baby laying on my chest as we both took naps. Those were some golden times, but then as she got to be a year old, two years old, three years old, there were lots of times where in my day or my afternoon or maybe Sunday after lunch, I had this plan that I'm going to lay down, and maybe she'll lay down too, and, I'll get an, and, and my energy level was different than hers, and so I was laying there, and Brie would come and tap on my face or want to do something, and you know what happens as a father? Well, when I'm in my better mind, I do what Jesus did. I say, okay, here we go. I I didn't always do that well. Any of you ever not do that well? Yeah. But you get the picture here, right? Jesus landed, saw a large crowd, had compassion on them because they needed him. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, verse 35, by this time it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. It's already very late. Send the people away, Jesus, so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. There is nothing around here. Send them to town so they can get something to eat. And remember, these disciples, they are wiped out. It's been a long day. They had had a long day before. And now Jesus has been teaching and teaching and teaching. People have been having their souls filled, but their bellies are empty. And the disciples realized it. And now we get into one of these very famous passages that many people learned in Sunday school or in Bible school, or even if you're not a, a churchy kind of person, you may recall this from from back in the cobweb somewhere. Jesus answered, verse 37, you give them something to eat. (laughs) Rest time is over, right? 
Because Jesus, to this point, has been doing the teaching. His disciples got some rest, even though there was a crowd. Now he says, no, it's your turn. They said to him, well, it would take more than a half year's wages. You get a picture of the size of the crowd, right? Think of what your wages are, those of you who have a job. And, and whatever your job is, I don't care what it is, think of what you make in half a year. That's a lot of food. Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that'd take more than half a year's wages. Are we going to go and spend that much, Jesus? I mean, that, that sounds, sounds like a strange investment, doesn't it? Do we really have to? We can still send them back into town. I mean, they can all go to Arby's, right? Just get them out of here. But Jesus says, no, you feed them. They said, half a year's wages. Are we going to spend that much on bread and give them to eat? It's interesting. The disciples didn't say, we don't have that much money. That's kind of curious. Think about that this afternoon. They may have had the resources to do it. But Jesus said, you feed them. And they said, really? Jesus, in verse 38, he says, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. So what did Jesus do? Do you know the story? Do you remember this? Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. We're getting a, getting a picture of the crowd, right? Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. How many disciples were there? There were 12 disciples at that time. How many loaves or how many baskets of loaves and fish did they pick up? 12. Each of them, each disciple picked up a huge basket of leftovers to take home. Maybe Jesus was blessing his disciples. They'd had a hard couple days. Here you go, guys. Now you can go rest for a few days. You don't even have to fish. You don't have to bake any bread. I don't know exactly what that was looking like, but that's a lot of fish sandwiches. Oh, verse 44, by the way, the number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. A couple of fish, a couple of loaves. Jesus blesses it, does what Jesus does. Everybody eats. Everybody has enough. 12 basketfuls of leftovers. The disciples have plenty. They can go rest and have a snack. 5,000 people were fed. This passage tells us a lot about what it means to be disciples, what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ. This passage reminds us of some of the necessities that we have as people who follow Jesus. And this is not just a few of us, but all of us have a responsibility to tell people about Jesus Christ. We sang earlier today, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place, fill the atmosphere. Why is the Holy Spirit with us? Why did Jesus send his Holy Spirit? So that we, his followers, could be filled up and do all the things that God calls us to do. Not 24-7, not without rest, and not like machines, but like people who have a mission and people who have compassion and people who have friends who may need to hear from us. This is part of what discipleship is. And here Jesus gave an example of how disciples can act. You go and work in Jesus' power. Then you take a rest. And then when God shows up, you get back at it again. And there will always be enough. Leftovers, even. Discipleship is what our mission is all about. Anthony talked this morning about how it is our mission here at Waterway Church to, to help everybody that we know become more like Jesus Christ. There are some people in this room who are not feeling very Christ-like at all. We'd love to help you. We'd love to help you discover faith, proclaim your faith, be baptized in faith, and live out your faith. 
We want you to become more like Jesus. But even those in this room that you might look at and say, well, that, that lady, she's really got it together. She's really mature in her faith. That guy, I really, I appreciate the way that he shares his faith. Well, they all have growing to do too. Because as long as we're here on this earth, there is more to discover, more to learn, more to do, and depth to be gained, helping everyone we know become more like Jesus Christ. This is our mission, and it's all about this discipleship thing. And discipleship is what our baptism initiates. See, discipleship is deeper than just belief. Anthony read today in Romans chapter 12 how if we believe in our hearts and proclaim with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Okay? That's salvation. But discipleship is more than just salvation. Salvation is essential. It is necessary. But discipleship is then the rest of a life lived out for Jesus, building on the foundation of that salvation. And what we're going to be asking these baptizans, that's a person who's being baptized, a baptizand, what we're going to be asking them is, do you commit to living the rest of your life for Jesus in such a way that people can see it in you? This is what baptism kicks off. So today we're baptizing people with water, which is a public declaration of a person's response to God's grace and their commitment to live as a disciple of Christ. It's not just, hey, I'm saved and I think it's kind of fun. No, this is, I am declaring, I'm even willing to get dunked up here on a platform in a church because Jesus said so, and I am willing to declare that he is my Lord. And I'm doing it in front of all of you so that for the rest of my life, you'll remember that I responded to God's grace and said yes to him. And now we all help people who have made that commitment. See, we can always ask for God's forgiveness. We can always enjoy his salvation, but we're only saved once. Baptism is a marker of that salvation event. The water symbolizes our inclusion in Jesus' death and resurrection, which only happened to him once, only happens to us once. Closely related to that is that water baptism symbolizes our own reconciliation to God, which Paul speaks about in 2 Corinthians 5, talking about how the old has gone, the new has come. There's a symbol of that, right? Have any of you, after a long day, maybe yesterday in the 90s, that first hot day of spring or summer, whatever this season is that we're in, and if you have yard work to do yesterday, stuff that you put off too long, and now all of a sudden, at the end of the day on Saturday, you're wiped out and you're just disgusting. Any of you get in the shower last night and get out and say, I feel like a new man, I feel like a new woman. And if you do that, some of you still felt wiped out, but you felt better, didn't you? That water did something to you. Well, 2,000 years ago, it's some of the same thing. Part of, I think, the reason why God gave us this symbol of baptism, it's a reminder. There's this, this thing that happens when we wash ourselves with water that, okay, I'm, I'm kind of new. Get rid of that dirt. I got a new life happening here. This is part of what baptism signifies for us, part of what we remember. And I hope we all understand that after we're saved, we still have to grow and mature and work out our salvation with fear and trembling, as it says in Philippians 2. Theologians call this sanctification, continuing to grow in our life and in our faith. It's the ongoing nature of salvation. We're saved once, but the rest of our life should be, should be a sign or, or should be a, a pointing back to that sign. I heard another pastor one time talk about baptism like an engagement ring. I thought that was interesting. Here's, here's what he meant. He said that, that when we become Christians, we are now the bride of Christ. Often in Scripture, it talks about how the church is the bride of Christ, and when we're Christians, we're part of the church, right? 
And so Christians are the bride of Christ. And while we are on earth, we are betrothed. We're engaged to Jesus. But the marriage will not be fully consummated until we're in heaven together with him. The Bible calls this the wedding of the lamb in Revelation 19. It's when when God and Jesus and all of those who have found life in Jesus Christ will, will eat together. There'll be no more evil, no more struggle, no more death. And then you get your happily ever after. But for now, on this earth, in this life, while we still deal with all the crazy around us, and there's crazy around us, while we're here, we're engaged to Jesus. When a young lady's engaged, it's often the the tradition to get an engagement ring, right? With a diamond or two or three or ten, depending on the career or the sacrificial willingness or the financial irresponsibility of (laughs) of her love. When she's engaged, what does she do? She shows off the ring, talks about it to everybody who sees it. Some people, even if, even if she didn't mention it, they'll ask, oh, is, did, did I see a ring? Like, that's one of the things that you're allowed to ask about, even like really, really rudely. Because, oh, yeah, you know, I'm excited to talk about this. It may sound kind of strange, especially for some of you guys, and they're like, come on. Engaged to Jesus sounds it's just not a kind of language, you know, Jesus is my boyfriend. Like, right, I mean, seriously, when we get into these metaphors, sometimes I know it, it doesn't always fit. But think about the symbol, really. What does this engagement ring mean to that young lady? She shows it off, talks about it, and it's a sign that a man loves her, that she's his and he's hers, right? Baptism is like that ring. It's that public proclamation. It's that sign. It's that thing that everybody can see that says that we belong to Jesus and he is our Lord. Even in this world, even now on this earth while things are still a mess, because these people who are baptized today, they're not going to find that suddenly life is just all easy now. I'm baptized and saved by Jesus Christ. It should be a red carpet rolled out, right? No, no, it doesn't work that way here. We still live in a fallen world. We still live in a world where countries invade other countries and there is war and pestilence and famine and death. We know this. We know this. We still live in a world where families mistreat each other, where people act towards the people they ought to love with the most despicable violent hate. This is still the world that we live in. But what are we doing here today? We are saying that in the midst of all this, I lift up my eyes. Because, God, you are the giver of life. And, Lord, in the middle of all of this, I receive the grace that you gave me that allows me to believe in Jesus Christ, and I say he is my Lord. I believe in Jesus. I believe, Lord, that he's your son. We lay down our sins. We lay down our old life. We lay down all that stuff that we've taken on, and we say, Lord, I am yours. And because Jesus said that that we ought to be baptized after we proclaim our faith, then we baptize ourselves and we move on, and we are his disciples. This is what we're doing today. And I hope you see it and feel it and can think about it. It's an exciting day in the life of the church. We always rejoice when individuals make a decision, a commitment to walk their faith walk here in our fellowship. So I'm going to invite all those people who are getting baptized today and all of those people who, are, um, who had been members of other churches but are now becoming a member here, I'm going to invite you all to come forward, if you will. I know uh, the stage is going to feel a little small. It's all right. This old place wasn't built for all of us. 
Now, come on up, come on up, and, and I'm going to just ask you guys to line up over here, and if you've got a towel, maybe uh, just chuck it on one of those little seats over there, Brandon and, and Caden, you guys can kind of throw them over there. We've got quite a crowd, all very excited, can't wait to stand up in front of you all and speak their testimonies, right? And if you have to do two rows or kind of crowd around, or that's okay, that's okay. We'll, we'll all get to know you in a minute. But here's what we've got. Because a lot of you don't know a lot of them, we're having them share their testimony. And a testimony might be 10 seconds, it might be three minutes. It's just them telling us what has Jesus done in their life. What is it that that kind of stirred them up and said that they believe in Jesus? And what is it that that, that made them say that today is the day to be baptized and and today is the day to, to do this here publicly? So we're going to hear from each person individually. And then after we hear from them, um, you're going to make a commitment as the church to support them. And then we're going to sing a final song, and then we're going to bring all the children back in and do the baptism. Okay, that's what it looks like. But for now, um, I'm going to invite you guys one by one to just come forward here to the microphone and share your testimony. Why are you here today? What what would you like to share with us, and, and what can we learn about Jesus from you? So why don't we start here at the beginning. Uh, Liz, why don't you come forward? First of all, I'd just like to say that standing at this end means you get to go last, but okay. Okay, and, <laughs> and, and you guys, you guys uh, Liz gets to go first, so I'll instruct her, but these microphones, they like it if you're pretty close, kind of like as if you're singing into it, all right? So, so and, and the reason why we like the microphone so much is because we do have people who are watching online and, and who'll be watching a recording later, and that helps us to pick that up, okay? Liz, share with us. All right, hi, I am Liz Oberholzer. I somehow got separated from my husband, but he's the one with the long beard. Um, I came to this church about three years ago from my family's home church. Um, I became a Christian there at about the age of 16. I have since learned a lot and grown a lot, which has landed me here in the one place I thought I would never be, Pennsylvania. But um, I'm thankful for everything God has taught me and everything he has done to bring me to this place. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Liz. And, and if you're a friend or a family member of Liz and you're here today, would, would you just stand up so we can say hello to you? We're going to do it for each person. I know different people. Liz has already been baptized, so it's a bit less dramatic for many of her family members, but glad you're here. Who's going to go next? Regan? If you are part of Regan's family or friends or support network, would you just stand up for a minute so she can see you? Regan and, and Liz, too, this whole church is behind you, but I just want you to recognize these aunts and uncles and grandparents and just and how much they love you. This is pretty cool stuff. That, that'll help you be less nervous, right? Oh, I'm sorry. And I went and made you cry, didn't I? You guys can sit down. You can sit down. Um, I'm going to try to do this without getting really emotional. Um, you can get emotional. That's okay. That's okay. My name is Regan. I accepted Christ at a young age. I grew up in a Christian home my whole life. The past few years, but the months especially, have been really difficult for me. And I know I can't get through this by myself. Mm. I know God can help me get through this challenge and many others, which is why I'm getting baptized. Amen. Amen. I lift up my eyes 
Lift up my eyes, you're the giver of life. Thank you, Regan. Brandon, would you share with us? If you're part of Brandon's family or friends uh, or support network, would you stand up? Yeah. Yeah. You don't often get to see this many people that love you at the same time. Thanks, guys. Go ahead, Brandon. My name is Brandon. I'm 14 years old. I've grown up in a Christian family and went to media slash waterway my whole life. I'm getting baptized today because I believe that Jesus is my Savior, and he's died on the cross and rose three days later for us. Two people that have really helped me with my faith, other than my parents, is Chris and my Uncle Justin. They've taught me good life lessons and have always been a good example for me. Amen. Thanks, Brandon. And, and Jaden, Jaden's family, would you guys just say hi again? Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Jaden. Well, <clears throat> hello, I'm Jaden Stoltzus. I've been raised in a Christian home and attended church my whole life. I accepted Christ at a young age and feel that God's telling me to get baptized. In Joshua 1.9, God tells us to be strong and courageous for the Lord is with you wherever you go. Speaking out the truth isn't easy, but we can accomplish it with the help of God mm. because he's always there and watching over us. We can see through people like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that he is watching out for us. We also have to follow his plan for our lives, even if it's not what we want to do like Jonah. But he ended up saving the city from destruction with the power of Christ. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. First John 1, 9. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jaden. Hello, I'm Delmar Oberholzer. We'll adjust that as you need to. Go ahead. Hello, I'm Delmar Oberholzer. Uh, I came to faith in Christ at the age of 11, and I'm 30 now, uh, so that's given me quite a bit of time to mature and to walk, and I just want to testify that God is faithful uh, and a, a guiding force uh, who has brought me through uh, a number of, of challenges, uh, and I continue to grow uh, in faith. And it's not always easy, but it is uh, a journey. One of the things that uh, I've become more convinced of or aware of uh, recently is, is the, the community aspect uh, of li living a Christian life uh, and the necessity uh, for being in community with like-minded people. And for that reason, I'm very excited to be a part of uh, the Waterway Fellowship. Does Delmar have any family and friends who are here today? Sorry, Delmar. They're in the back. They're, they're waving. They're waving. Jake? Jake's family is here in the front, and Jake's got some friends in the back. You guys want to wave and say hi or stand up? Oh, over here, too? All right. Welcome, guys. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Hi, I'm Jacob Christie. I learned about Jesus going to, to, going to Sunday school in, in the Lighthouse at Home and Vacation Bible Bible school. My family prays a lot. I pray when I'm happy, sad, thankful, scared. I really like youth group and this church. The people are really nice. I learned a lot, and it makes me want to be a better person. I want to continue coming because I have fun and have fun and make new friends. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, a really cool thing about Jake's story is uh, Jake and I are still getting to know each other. And just the other week, we were talking about here around church about how we had baptisms coming up. And, um, and I, heard, I heard one day that some junior high, was like, there's, there's a guy named Jake who just wants to get baptized, loves Jesus. And, and, and so I called him up. He's like, yeah, I got to get baptized. I believe it. And so it's just so much fun. We've been talking and catching up and all that kind of stuff. Jake, I'm so glad you're here. Michael? 
Good morning. Morning. Um, my name is Michael Darrow. I got saved about like a year ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm getting baptized here today because I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and they saved me from my sins. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Would Michael's friends and family stand up and say hello? I know there's some Hal's in here and some other friends. Yeah, glad. Glad you guys are here. Thank you. Caden. Caden, I know you have friends and family here too. Would, would, Caden's, would Caden's friends just stand up and say hi for us? Look at that, man. You got a whole section back there. Here, let me help you with that. It's getting a little loose. There you go. My name is Caden Horst. I asked Jesus into my heart at the age of eight years old. I want to be baptized today to show my decision to follow Jesus. I am thankful to grow up in a Christian family and be part of Waterway Church and its junior youth. Amen. Thanks, Caden. Let's see what we can do here, man. There you go. Move it however you need to. Hello. My name is David Plourd. I was born into a Catholic family and baptized as an infant. Growing up, me and my family never went to church, but I was still enrolled and attended Assumption BVM School in West Grove from first through eighth grade. It was there I became a believer and received other Catholic sacraments, Eucharist, penance, and confirmation. I also learned about the stories of the Bible and attended the occasional in-school mass. But once I finished my education there, that was where my active Christian life at the time ended. I continued on through high school, college, and beyond without Jesus or the church being part of my life. All that changed a few years ago. I began to feel like something was missing, and at the same time, I felt like I was being called back to Jesus and the church. I mentioned this a few times to my wife, Arianne, and began casually looking for churches, but nothing really stood out. Then by chance, I started to learn about Waterway Church. We took our kids trick-or-treating in a neighborhood across the street and parked our car here and saw some people doing outreach and got to meet them briefly. Then a bit later, our neighbors told us about VBS, so we sent our kids here for the week. They loved it so much that my wife suggested we try going. I was initially hesitant because I thought maybe we wouldn't fit in, but I couldn't have been further from the truth. From, that, from, from the moment we first arrived on that first Sunday, we were warmly welcomed and many were eager to introduce themselves. Over the past year, I've met many of you, made new friends, and even got linked up with a small group. I've gotten to experience some of what this church is about, and I truly believe that God has put me in a good place. I'm excited for this new beginning and the continued growth of my faith and this community support for living according to Jesus' teachings. Amen. Amen. And so Arianne, so Arianne is Dave's wife. Uh, Dave is Arianne's husband. Um, if you are here with Dave or Arianne, or if you're a neighbor or small group, would you stand up if you're their support network? Yeah, yeah. Good. Good to see you all. Good. Whatever you need to do. Okay. Uh, my name's Arianne Florin. I grew up attending a Methodist church every Sunday, and I was baptized as an infant. I went to the nursery, then Sunday school, VBS, youth group, and worked my way through confirmation. As we got older, my sister went off to college, and I went off to college, and our Sundays at St. Paul's United Methodist Church became few and far between. We became distracted with life and found ourselves there only on Christmas Eve. There were many times that I felt like I was alone because over time I slowly forgot about God. (laughs) Truth be told, I didn't open my Bible again until I came here to Waterway. I was, I was also a different person then. 
When I had known Jesus Christ, I was anxious, angry, quick-tempered, and I had burned many bridges with friends and loved ones. I had lost the qualities that we strive to have as Christians. Then, when we moved to Oxford, we one by one met each of our neighbors. Two families in particular were so incredibly nice, the Smokers and the Johnsons. Sorry, now I've lost my, my spot. Um, here we go. I remember when Pastor Jesse had told our son that he was always welcome over time, and I know that takes a lot of patience. <laughs> and Jamie and Jeff had always offered to help in any way that they could. Our children's would, children would play in their yards, and they'd meet up, and their children would always talk about how much they loved church. I heard about VBS over the summers, and after the pandemic, my walk with the Lord had changed. I was shook up, and I still know, knew where to turn to when I needed help, and to feel that peace that only the Lord can give, God was calling me back. Dave and I talked about how we should give our children the opportunity to know the Lord, and I felt an overwhelming push to send Rosie and Sage to VBS at Waterway. My memories at church as a child were still there, and I remembered the joy that I had learning of Jesus and being in the presence of believers. When it came time to drop the children off on the first day, I was a bit nervous. I had acquired many tattoos over the year, and despite the words, live love on my knuckles or the sacred heart on my arm, many conservative Christians may have not been so welcoming. I couldn't have been more wrong. The congregation at Waterway were so incredibly friendly, and over the few days that my children were there, they were talking about Jesus. They were excited, just like I had once felt. We started coming to Waterway every Sunday, and the Lord has been working on my heart. He has, with a lot of patience, been teaching me to be more like him. I started to be more loud about my love for Jesus Christ, and have been blessed to find so many other believers. I know that I'm preaching to the choir, but find yourself good Christian friends that you can be honest with about your struggles and pray with them often and rejoice loudly because the Lord shows up time and time again when we call on him. Yeah, I might be that embarrassing mom that's screaming, praise, praise Jesus on the pray, playground and embarrassing my children. But over the past years, amazing things have happened. Jesus has changed so much from the way that I parent to how I treat my friends, finding forgiveness for my family that I haven't seen since COVID, and even my desires to pray for my neighbors when they're having a hard time. God is good, and he never turns his back on us. He is faithful and is always waiting for us to turn to him. I couldn't be more happy to be here today with this amazing congregation. I'm so grateful for all that Waterway has done for our family and for myself. Praise God, because he truly is so, so good. Amen. Amen. If you are a part of Mallory, we have, we have a whole Sensnig family here coming up in a minute. If, if you're here with the Sensnigs, either with Cliff, Andrea, Mallory, Weston, or Carmen, would you just kind of stand up and, and wave at them so they can see you here? Yeah. So glad you guys are here. So glad you're here. Thank you. 
Um, so I'm Mallory. I always grew up in a very supportive and God-loving family. I also attended Linville Hill Christian School for just about 10 years, so I always had people who supported me and loved God and taught me a lot by my side. I gave my life to Jesus Christ when I was 11, but never like fully understood the importance of baptism until recently. Um, through the ups and downs of my life, God has always been faithful, and I know now I'm ready to live a life fully dedicated to him, um, and I would love to do that through Waterway because they've also always been here, and it's a church that has helped me learn deeply about who I am in Christ, and I know I will always have more to learn, and I'd love to continue it here at Waterway. Amen. Thanks, Mallory. Um, hi, I'm Carmen. Um, I grew up in a Christian family. Um, I grew up coming to church and knowing God, and I decided to get baptized to show my commitment to Christ. Amen. Hi, my name is Weston Sensenig. Um, I came to, or my family came to Waterway, or Media, when I was about four, and I chose to get baptized to show my commitment to God. Thanks, Weston. Hi, my name is Andrea. Um, I grew up and attended a church just up in Quarryville, not far from here. Um, mostly my whole extended family went to church there. Um, Cliff and I started attending media maybe around 10 years ago. It's now Waterway. Um, we stayed and liked media for a lot of reasons. The thing that drew us there was the big youth program for the kids. Our children were all pretty small when we started coming. Um, and then one of the things that made us stick and that I really like about Waterway is like we're a Bible-believing and teaching church whose our teachings and persuasions, they don't ebb and flow, and we don't meld to meet, to get more in line with like what society is starting to think is right. Um, so I think that's important to keep our family in a church like that. Um, and I just, I know a lot of you, but I'm looking to get to know, looking forward to getting to know a lot more of you as we become more involved and just hang out here. <laughs> Thanks, Andrea. Good morning. <clears throat> My name is Cliff Sansney. I grew up in a conservative Mennonite home with parents who both loved the Lord and taught us about the Bible. Grandpa was the bishop, and going to church on Sunday morning was what a person did. If you couldn't make it, you could be assured someone would want to know why. I was tired, and I didn't feel like it were both wrong answers. <laughs> I was baptized in the church that I grew up in and gave my life to Christ at the age of 17. Some things that brought us to Waterway were Jesse's biblical sermons, the larger groups for our children, youth groups to be a part of, and provide them with some biblical teaching that we ourselves grew up with. Because as you know, in our world, Today, it takes a small army to bring up a child. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Cliff. 
And so of the group that's up here um, on our bookends, uh, Cliff and Andrea Sensnig and uh, Delmar and Elizabeth Oberholzer, uh, you heard them all say that they, they've been baptized before and they've been members of other churches. And so the four, of them, the four of them are not being baptized today. Everyone in the middle has. Thank you so much for sharing your testimonies and sharing your stories and, and talking a bit about um, what God's doing in your life. I'm going to ask you all just a few questions before we uh, sing our song, Bring the Kids In and Do Baptism, okay? So a couple questions for you. You know the answers, but I'd like to hear you testify. Do you believe that Jesus is God's Son, and have you received Him as your Savior and Lord? If so, say, I do. And will you turn away from all sin, and will you, with God's help, live according to the teachings and example of Jesus? If so, say, I will. And as you unite with this church body here at Waterway, will you worship and serve and share in our programs? And will you support this church with your prayers and your attendance, your offerings and your service as God gives you strength? If so, say, I will. And do you promise to live and share with us in Christian fellowship, giving and receiving Christian love, sharing in one another's joy and pain? If so, say, I do. Congregation, I'm going to ask you an important question right now. Will you do all that you are able to pray for, encourage, and support the people in front of us who are becoming part of God's kingdom today? If so, say we will. Congregation, would you join in me with the words that are going to be printed on the screen? Say them if you mean them. We welcome you with joy and affection into this household of faith. We pledge to you our help and our prayers so that we could all increase in the knowledge and love of God. We trust God for strength to follow with you in Christ's way, keeping together the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Amen. All right, so at this time, I'm going to invite you guys, go ahead and find a seat, maybe somewhere here in the front. Uh, Sensnigs and Oberholzers, you guys are able to get to wherever you want to. The rest of you, you'll be back up here in just a minute, so don't go far. Worship team, would you come forward and, and lead us in our closing song? And then um, those of you parents who have kids in children's church, they're going to be coming back and joining you here in just a minute, so you can be on the lookout for them. You'll hear them coming. Congregation, would you stand and uh, sing with us as we sing to our Lord this morning?